Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you, as we always do, to join us here this morning, and we trust that you are here with us. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, happy Thanksgiving. There might be no season, and I mean this with 100% sincerity, that more acutely reminds me of my sinfulness than Thanksgiving. And here's a tiny example. Over the last week, I've been lucky enough to take my kids to see a couple of movies. Uh, we saw Trolls and Moana, for those of you who are curious. Um, and before both movies was an ad for St. Jude Children's Hospital. They know that they're going to have a theater full of parents with their kids. And the first sentence in this ad is Jennifer Aniston looking directly at the camera. So directly at me, and saying, not every family is lucky enough to have children as healthy as yours. I mean, goodness gracious. And of course, she's right. I totally take for granted my children's health. I'm much more concerned about their propensity to kick me when they're angry or to sneak Halloween candy into their rooms at night, which is a month ago and is still happening. Thanksgiving, though, as with so many things in life, doesn't seem to actually encourage me to be more thankful. It shines a light on how profoundly unthankful I normally am, because I'm so reminded of it when I am reminded to be thankful on Thanksgiving. And these are the kind of thoughts that run through my head when I look at the readings that we've been assigned this morning, Jesus as the bread of life, in John chapter 6, St. Paul telling the Philippians not to worry about anything. And especially in the details of the thank offering that we read about in Deuteronomy chapter 26. And that's an interesting one, right? When the, when the nation of Israel came into this new land, the land that had been set aside for them, given to them as a gift from God, they were supposed to take the first fruits of the harvest to the temple, the, the place that God had called his special home, and they were to offer it as a thanksgiving to God who gave them the land and who made the land produce through his provision for them. I wonder, as I read that this week, how many people actually did that when they came into their new land. It seems easy enough, but how many of us give the first fruits of our labor to God. We find it hard, don't we, sometimes to even give God the leftovers. After all, we're saving for college here. It uh, reminds me of another seldom followed Old Testament law in Leviticus chapter 25, and I know you all know Le Leviticus by heart, but in chapter 25, God tells the people about what he calls the year of jubilee. This is a very interesting thing. Briefly, the year of Jubilee was every 50th year. The nation of Israel and everyone in it was supposed to forgive everyone all their debts. And everyone was supposed to return to their own land, their own homes. So everything gets reset every 50th year. It was intended, I think, as a way to keep um, lending and owing from becoming too overwhelming as 
as a way to keep wealth and power from becoming too consolidated in several families so that people's relationships and property could always be restored to them during this year of Jubilee. And the interesting thing about the Jubilee year is that there is absolutely zero historical or archaeological evidence that the nation of Israel ever practiced it, even one time. I mean, think about it. The Jubilee year sounds great if you're a debtor, but if you're a lender, why would you ever do that? And there's no evidence that the people ever did. Do you remember the story, and I couldn't help, get, I couldn't get this story out of my head this week as I prepared for Thanksgiving. I know it's not one of our readings, but I'm sort of cheating. Um, the story of Jesus healing the ten lepers. It's along the same lines. It, it can be found in Luke 17. I'm just going to read it to you very quickly. It's a nice short story. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. A quick Internet search revealed to me this week that 98%, and this is, a, this is an estimation, 98% of all Thanksgiving sermons are called, Where are the other nine? <laughs> that's, that's what everyone says on Thanksgiving. And if we didn't know ourselves so well, and if we didn't have the historical evidence of things like the Jubilee year, we might be tempted to read this story of the ten lepers and take a simple moral from it, right? Don't forget to say thank you, especially to God. And that, and that, for better and for worse, will be the secular sermon preached around a lot of Thanksgiving dinner tables this afternoon. Don't forget to be thankful for all you've been given. And that's good advice, but it's not why Jesus came. The description of the thank offering that we read about in Deuteronomy 26 sounds a lot like another kind of offering described in Scripture, another kind of sacrifice, the sin offering. Every year, the people were again supposed to take something to the priest in the temple, except this time it was to be a lamb without blemish. It, to be sacrificed for the sins of the previous year. And the procedure was exactly the same as the thank offering, except this time an offering of atonement for sin. Unfortunately, there was a problem with the system. It didn't have a permanent or lasting effect. Apparently, the blood of this spotless lamb was only good enough to atone for the sins of one previous year. So each year, the procedure had to be repeated. And the next year... 
and the next, back to Jerusalem, back to the temple, again and again, until one day. It was a Friday, and there were the normal executions happening. But all of a sudden, it stopped being normal. Here's how Matthew describes it. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The wall of separation between God and his people had been taken down forever. The need for the people to go back to the temple year after year to atone for their sins was gone. The need for an ongoing sacrifice had been removed forever because on account of Jesus Christ, sin had been dealt with once and for all, forever. It is in light of this good news that we can properly interpret that story of Jesus with the ten lepers. It's not a fable designed to get us to be more thankful. It is a mirror held up to show us that we are one of those other nine lepers almost all of the time, walking away blissfully ignorant that we have all that much to be thankful for. And yet, wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles, the other nine lepers are still healed. If I was Jesus, that story would end with my revocation of nine healings. I'll teach you to forget to say thank you. Sounds like what I'll say later on this afternoon to my children. But this is not how our Savior Jesus Christ operates. He said before that the healthy have no need of a doctor. It's the sick who are in need of a physician. In the same way, he says, he came not for the righteous, but for sinners. And our sin persists. You know this about yourself. We aren't as thankful as we ought to be for the health of our kids, for the Lord's provision for our lives, or even for our salvation itself. We are the nine lepers. But Jesus was a sacrifice once and for all for the sins of the whole world. And guess what? A miracle has occurred here. You are here on a Thursday in church saying thank you for God's great work in your life, for God's saving grace in your life. It turns out that we're that one leper too. We're here to say thank you. And this is actually the central insight of Christianity into human nature. 
We are both justified and sinner at the same time. We are both human and yet redeemed. We are the nine lepers who kept going and the one who came back. And so we celebrate Thanksgiving. And as we do, remember the thing that we are most thankful for, that God sent his son, this Jesus Christ, to live and to die and to be raised again for us. He loved us before we came back to say thank you, and he loves us when we forget how grateful we should be. He died for sinners, for enemies of God, for you and for me. It is the year of jubilee for us. God has forgiven all our debts, and we are made whole. Amen.